0: OTB Sports Rugby. I just remember when Stephen Jones was stepping up to take it, I was there going, oh, we've got this. Had they given it to Gavin Henson, I would have been a lot more worried.
1: Um, <laughs> subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now.
0: Off the Ball. This is is News Talk. And you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through until 5-1-1 between West Ham and Chelsea in the Premier League. Wayne Barnes is a whistle in his mouth just about to kick off. Uh, the Ireland-France Six Nations game at Lansdowne Road. Andy Dunn is there for us. We'll have updates through Ash the game. You won't miss a thing. Remember folks as well, Brayburn Coffee is the official coffee partner of OTB. Start your morning with a Brayburn coffee whether you prefer a classic cappuccino or an Iced Oat milk Glacay uh, brayburn has got something for everybody Available at Apple Green locations nationwide So the very Ireland Camogie Leagues Begin this week uh, With Galway the champions at senior level And on the line to look ahead Is the Cork dual star Hannah Luddy. Hannah how are you today? I'm good John now How are you? Yeah great to talk to you Hannah And you're already involved With the Cork footballers as well So how um, difficult will it be To adjust your mind To the small ball next week?
1: Yeah, I suppose uh, that's a good question. Um, I've really enjoyed having a bit of a, a lead up of just doing the one sport for a couple of weeks. So, you know, it was great to get like three football league games um, under my belt before kicking off the camogie you know, next weekend. I suppose the great thing about football league games is you're kind of building on your fitness um, unknown to yourself. So, at least I'm kind of going into next weekend, kind of ticking that box that I've been putting in the hard slog with the football. My fitness will be OK. The hurling might be a bit rusty, but but we'll work on that um over the next few leagues. So I'm really looking forward to it. And, um, you know, I, I kind of missed the league last year with work being away for work. So um itching to get going now again.
0: It's, they say it's hard to do in, in hurling and football to be a dual player. How do you find the rhythm of that? And the, do you need a PA to organise your diary?
1: Yeah, 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 it is. People say it's hard, but, you know, I think it can be done um, and that'll always be my motto as long as um, I'm enjoying both sports and as long as I'm something to give to both sports. Um, but for me, it's kind of like sitting down on a Sunday and um, planning out my week um, and then maybe having a quick chat with um the football manager Shane Renan and our camogie manager um, Matthew Toomey and kind of being like look this is where I think I need to do this week what do you think um, and we kind of chat and take it from there but you know very grateful that we have two great managers that are willing to communicate and willing to make this work and you know I have Libby Coppinger as well who's just a phenomenal um, athlete all together she'll train <laughs> all day every day for you and then we've two new recruits um, I'm going to call them this year with Orla Cahalan and Aoife Healy um, who are just two young players with bundles of talent so I'm hoping that they can keep up the keep up the duel as well and we'll have a nice crew of us going forward
0: How many times would you train a week then with both the footballers and the Camogie players?
1: Yeah, I see I I suppose I have another um, factor to bring into the mix as well I actually live in in Kilkenny and and I work in
0: territory. Enemy territory, Hannah (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i'd be spying away up there and um, i know so i probably tend to do my gym sessions and stuff uh, on my own just you know save me a bit of the drive and then i'm looking at doing at least uh one football session and at least one kobe session and then we'll kind of see what the weekend involves and um, so it's very much like uh week by week uh, see how the body's feeling see where where I need to focus on this week. So, um, as I said, it's it's good enough to manage now at the moment and, and we'll see how it goes going forward as well.
0: In terms of positions on the pitch, you've been uh, as a back, as a forward. I saw you playing there at what, uh, centre-back against the Dubs there recently. Do you have any preferred positions? What have you learned from playing in different areas of the pitch in both sports over the years?
1: Yeah, I guess, um, especially in the football, I've kind of probably played in every... Uh, Every position on the pitch at this stage between uh full back and full forward. Um, I think I like being around the middle eight and um, in both sports. I think a middle eight player in football is very similar to a middle eight player in Camogie. So, um, you know, middle of the field is kind of my go to position for um both football and Camogie might slip back into the half back line here and there. And if I'm feeling confident with my scoring ability, I might go, go up front for a bit too. But um I think midfield would be definitely be my preferred position in both
0: codes. Would you find at times during the year that you're, uh, there's an imbalance between the proficiency in your skills? That at times you you really feel like you have your skills with ladies football on the money and you don't with Kamogi. Does it work that way? How does that? How do you be able to? How do you manage the as suppose the reaction speed and because you're you're playing two different sports in the one week?
1: Yeah, definitely that's a really good question. And, and I would say there's times of the year. Um, I think more so with camogie rather than football. I feel like if you keep if you keep running with football, the skills will come, whereas camogie, you know, it is that bit more technical, I find, anyway. So how I tend to work that is, you know, you'll have the conversations in training being like, look, you probably need to spend 20 minutes on your touch, and that might be me doing an extra camogie session instead of a football session one week, or just working away 20, 30 minutes on my touch or whatever I need, and... Um, throughout the year so you kind of play that um, as I go there'll be times where I feel I need to give more to the football this week and there'll be times where I need to give more to the camogie and I suppose as long as, it, as, long as I'm on top of it myself and kind of communicate with the lads it, it normally works out okay
0: The footballers they were so dominant for a decade and they haven't won at All-Ireland since 2016 Meath and Dublin have been the top dogs in recent years uh, Where are they now? You had a very close game at Dublin in the league there recently Are Cork primed to, to go again for the All-Ireland?
1: Yeah, 100%, I think. Um, you can never really write off uh, Cork football. I suppose it was interesting for me this year, coming into the dressing room um, at the start of the year and, and literally not knowing half the names in there. It was kind of a bit of a shock to the system. And when I look like, at the moment, it's only myself and Emer from my age group growing up that would be involved in the panel. So, You know, I was a bit sceptical at the start of the year. I was like, it looks like we're really starting raw, we're really starting fresh year. But um, since getting into training and playing a couple of matches, there's just a bit of excitement around Cork football at the moment, if I'm being honest. Um, Something that, you know, mightn't have been there, I think, the last couple of years. Um, It's up to us to get that potential out on the pitch and delivering results. Um, But I think I'm definitely excited about what Cork football can do this year all going well.
0: Has the style of play in Cork football changed from when you're an all Ireland winning team?
1: Um, I think so. I think football in general is it, ladies football is kind of evolving the whole time. When you look at, at the teams the Division 1 teams now at the moment there's nothing between any of the teams from an S&C perspective. You know everyone is as fit as they can be as strong as they can be and um, and every team has their couple of really skillful players, too. So, you know, it's it's being able to adapt, I think, and being able to bring that mental edge is what's, it's why Dublin and Meath have won uh, the last couple of Ireland's. And, you know, we're all kind of chasing that at the moment is um, just being able to adapt. You can't really come in with one style of play anymore because um, it's just going to be counteracted. So...
0: The Camogie team, it was a painful defeat to Kilkenny, a point there at the end of the all Arden final last year. I suppose you're not going to lack motivation after that. Did it take a while to get over it?
1: Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it was. It was very painful. I suppose for me personally, it was just a bit of a, a whirlwind because I came back to the season and. Um, so late last year that I think I was nearly back and then it was over and we'd lost and I was sitting there in in Crow Park on the pitch um, thinking the world was ending, the usual. But I suppose um, getting older, you kind of learn how to deal with the winters um, that bit better because I think win or lose, obviously it's a lot easier when you win. There's a lot more um, sessions to go to and and, um, stuff to bring the cup to. But it's still that bit challenging. So I think, you know, I've just learned to kind of really check in my mental health when winter comes around and just make sure I'm doing things and being nice to myself and just refocusing, totally trying to take the break as much as possible. It can be hard for a lot of players when they have to go straight back into colleges or X, Y and Z. But, um, you know, I, I think I dealt with the defeat as well as I could uh, this year. You know, enjoyed a couple of months off kept tipping away at things to keep my mental health and my fitness in shape. And you're kind of just ready now for the new year, you know, and I suppose the Cork team, you know, as I said, when I went into the football dressing room, I didn't know half the faces, went into the camogie dressing room. Everyone was there that I knew for the last couple of years, you know, so there's no really excuses for Cork camogie anymore, being that team in transition or being, having younger players in the setup, having X, Y, and Z retired, you know, the team has built, you know, it's about performing now and getting the all Ireland. On the first
0: week of August. Yeah, we talk about uh, amateur players. Obviously, I've got a lot of on their plate just as much as playing camogie and playing ladies football. Hannah, how is the support structures um, being for mental health in in camogie and and ladies football? I know you've spoken about it before. Do you feel like if somebody is just a little bit in a funk that they can reach out to somebody and get support?
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think I'll I would harp on about it with such high praise about the sports that I found from from my football and camogie career. I think, firstly, um, you know, football setups, camogie setups, inter-county setups have someone in there looking after mental health in some capacity at the moment. I think most teams in the country will do. We're lucky enough to have someone in camogie and football who are coming in and they're not just talking about sports psychology. They're kind of recognising that, to get sports ecology, to get players playing at their best, they need to be feeling their best outside of sports. So I think that is something that has come into play hugely in the last couple of years. Um, and I know from talking to other players, it's not just me, people really avail of this service where they can just sit down and talk to someone, being like, Look, I know my football's going poorly, but come here, there's X, Y, and Z going on in my life too as well. How do I? And then when you get top with the personal bits the football, the hurling, the skills, that kind of takes on after. So there's a real onus on that at the moment. And I think it's brilliant and it's brilliant support. And then, of course, the GPA, I think, are just fantastic between um, having mental health supports there 24-7. And then also, as I said, more personal coaching, career development, anything you kind of need to keep keep your life on track, as well as being an inter-county player, um, the GPA will will stand up and look out for you as much as they can. So, you know, it's it's just bringing awareness to to all the players that these services are here, especially the younger ones that are coming into the ranks now as well.
0: Yeah, and you have to have the right environment and you have to have that openness in that environment. It seems that um, if there is somebody struggling in the environment you're in, that there is an, a relaxed and easy atmosphere for somebody to just have that conversation and privately if they need to. There doesn't seem to be any kind of stigma around it.
1: Yeah I think so and it's more so as I said it's coming in it, each year you kind of feel you don't just sit down and talk about tactics you sit down and talk about how, how everyone's doing and I think it's key and you know uh, I think I could be wrong on this stat but Michelle who's who's a new person in with us in um, Corkamore we said that like there's to in, like the person, either the person on the left of you or the person on right right of you, is probably going through something that you don't know about at the moment. So, you know, I think if you're checking in with yourself, you're checking in with your players. It's going to pay off on the pitch at the end of the day. So, um it's just breaking down that stigma. You know, I might feel comfortable um, talking about it. You know, seventy percent of my team might feel comfortable, but getting the new people in or the people who mightn't be so comfortable, just letting them know that there's help or resources available if
0: they need. Yes, Davy Fitzgerald was involved with you in the backroom team in the Cork and Mogi last year. What did you learn from Davy?
1: Yeah, he, he definitely was. Um, Davy, he's a very interesting character. Um, it would be my first uh, first line to describe him. But um, I suppose I probably missed, missed the hard slog that a lot of the girls put in in preseason, and um, there's been some horrific stories coming back about uh, how hard davy pushed the girls uh, during or in pre but um uh, you know he was very interesting very vibrant very encouraging just brought something different that i suppose we hadn't seen in karkomoby um before you know and um, that kind of a bit of a mental edge a bit of a spark um, and you know i think with davy fitzgerald you either buy in or you don't. You're either on the boat or you're drowning. You know, everyone just has to buy in and go for it, um, whether you agree or don't or you don't. And, and I think Cork did buy into that and he did bring um a lot out out of us and, you know, a bit of crack along the way as well. So, you know, I suppose we're all very grateful for him for s- spending his time and giving, giving some coaching and advice to Cork Um, And I suppose the big thing for us is just building on that
0: now next year. And this year you know, I'm just looking at the landscape um, Hannah of the last 10 All-Irelands in every single All-Ireland you've had Cork Kilkenny and Galway and the last seven league finals being the same three teams does Camogie have a challenge in that regard?
1: Um, yeah I suppose you'd say you'd look back and you you kind of each year you'll go Cork, Galway, Kilkenny Cork, Galway, Kilkenny some years there might be two of them better than the one but it seems to be that that three teams but and um, having said that, I think each year that gap is closing, closing, closing. You know, if you look at the likes of Waterford and Tip are biting at that kind of leading pack. Um, and then other teams like Dublin coming up the ranks as well. So, you know, as I said, I think all teams at the moment are on par in SNC, and that's kind of really paying off. And um, so... I wouldn't sit here and say it's a problem because that gap is getting closed every year, and this year will be no different. You know, there's going to be an upset eventually, and that's going to knock out one of the three of us in in a stage that we don't want to be knocked out. So I hope it won't be it won't be us and Cork and but um, you know, it's something that that I'm sure Kilkenny Association will be keeping an eye on. But I really think that gap is is getting cl- closed.
0: And Dalton was on Lake Regale this week, and uh, much praise for it. And that's a welcome development and and great to see and and hopefully opening the door for a lot more of these types of documentaries.
1: yeah, exactly. I think and Dalton is a fantastic movie player and a fantastic ambassador um, for the sport. You know, I've met Anne on a couple of occasions and, you know, her mindset and dedication um, to Komobi is just phenomenal and, and what she achieved has been phenomenal, phenomenal. So it was great to see her get that opportunity to highlight her success um, in Laker and the Gale. And, you know, if you look at some of the recent retirements um, in Cork and Cork football, there'd be many, you could make many um, a series to document their successes. So, you know, we'll hopefully see more of that in the future, you know. When you do look at the men to women ratio and like and Nigel, there's always only one. So, you know, that's something that and it's not from lack of successful uh, women's athletes in GDA at all. So, you know, we'll hopefully see that gap get closer and closer to more 50-50 as we go on.
0: Absolutely, and speaking of um, obviously, the women's GPA are now with the GPA, and there was an update from the GA, the LGFA, and the Camogie Association yesterday about the planned merger of all the associations. A survey will be conducted later in the year across members of all three organisations on the opportunities and challenges the full integration between the three bodies will present. As somebody's involved in Camogie and ladies football, what are your thoughts on a merger, just in terms of the sensibility of it, and the facilities, and the uh, I suppose the appetite, the political will for it as well.
1: Yeah, like, you know, I think if you talk to any female, male player, they're going to say it's a no-brainer. And, um, you know, and I suppose something that really excited me was Mary McAleese getting involved. You know, that's a huge statement. You know, Mary Mcleese is such a role model and an idol of mine. You know, she's a fantastic president, a fantastic solicitor, a fantastic uh, human rights ambassador, and has a wealth of um, experience and in resolution of conflicts. So, you know, it's such a huge statement to have her involved in in a process like this. And You know, there's a lot like, you know, it's not as easy as saying, right, let's make this happen, but there's no point saying, let's make this happen five years down the line either. It it needs to start happening now. And, you know, I might just give a good example of where it's happening at the moment, even from like a grassroots level, which I'm really proud of. My own club here and um, i had a ga recently passed, uh, passed a vote to have the club as one club so movie uh, ladies football and the ga will be under the one association in our club so if you pay your membership you're a part of the, the, the three organizations and um, you know so that's something that i'm hugely proud of and i think if if each club can start making that statement that's going to rub off and going to get up the ranks and um, eventually you know so
0: that yeah, there's a bottom-up approach to that, Hannah. What what is the biggest drawback of not being uh, involved in an umbrella organisation? It is is it basic facilities? Is it, is it access to pitches? Is it that kind of thing?
1: Yeah, I think it's it's, it's a mixture. I think I suppose pitches, and um, funding, and um, you're probably you just always kind of feel like a second-class citizen when you're really not part of that GA, but you're kind of a part of it, you know. Um and especially it, it just adds more complications when the Kimony and ladies' football um aren't even together. Um and like their relationship has improved over the years, but a lot, a lot to go. And, um, you know, when you look at like Parky queeve and Parky Ring, and the guys will play play there every weekend, no, no joke. They'll be we'll be fighting tooth and nail to get into one of those pitches. Um you know, so things like that uh, are just huge. And I think it would just be like, you know, you look at the workplace, you look at any other sport, well, maybe not at all sports, but you look at like a workplace, for example, like there's a huge draw here on diversity, inclusion, 50-50 women, men, it just, it just has to be coming from the GA as well. You know, it's, it's just, It's just a no-brainer in the society we live today that we're not under the one
0: roof. Yeah, I think the appetite is there from Tom Ryan, the Director-General, for this to happen. Hopefully it will happen sooner rather than later and um, any entrenched attitudes can be um, wiped away. Just in terms of the the Cork hurlers and footballers, um, Pat Ryan's now with the hurlers, the beat Limerick there last weekend and the footballers in Division 2. How do you feel about their chances this year?
1: Yeah, look, I suppose the hurlers had a great uh, great win last weekend. I thoroughly enjoyed that match, I suppose, you know... Everyone watching that match at halftime was like, Oh, God, (laughs) are we going? Is it going to run away from us all together here? And then that that team that came out in the second half just pushing up on players, taking fantastic scoring opportunities, young players like Owen Downey and Kieran Joyce just standing up and standing up to this uh, Limerick team. And this really, really hugely successful uh, Limerick team was just a joy to watch. So, you know, I was a very proud uh, Cork supporter. Um, watching that match there last weekend but at the same time if you're a Limerick supporter you're not going to be one bit worried about what uh, Limerick have to produce and there's a lot being said about the hurling league at the moment is it is it a no-show is it a no-brainer are we going to see anything from it but I think there'll be a lot to learn and all the same and I really hope that Cork hurling team can just keep building and because like they're not far off it um, and I think that's the appetite in Cork at the moment that they're not far off it, but um, just need to find that edge to bring us to the next, bring them to the next level, like ourselves in, in the women's side of it, you know. So, and then I guess with the football and um, seeing John Cleary involved, I suppose personally I would have worked under John Cleary. He would have been a minor uh, ladies' football manager for me two years in a row, and I just think he's absolutely brilliant, one of the best managers I've ever had. Um, so I know the footballers are in safe hands there. There's been a lot of negative negativity around Cork football uh, the last last five years or so. And um, you know when you when you look back and, and think the last time they won Sam McGuire was in 2010, um, Connor and Conor Cunha and man would have been the manager uh, around then. And you know it just it just kind of fell apart after that, I suppose. So, you know I think that negativity is getting less and less, and Cork uh, supporters are getting back behind the footballers because there is great potential there, and there's great appetite and as long as I think any Cork supporter just wants to see Cork players giving it their absolute everything, and I think if they can do that in both codes, there's nothing stopping the Cork hurlers going all the way to All Ireland, and you know who knows where the Cork what the Cork footballers can achieve if if they pull out um, their yeah. best performances.
0: Yeah, 2005, since the last time the uh, the hurlers won. The 2010, Herlers, yeah. since the footballers won. You were in New York for a bit. I think it was during COVID, Hannah. You were you were working over there.
1: Uh, yeah, so I moved over um, October twenty twenty one till June twenty twenty two. So yeah, uh, a kind of a, an opportunity kind of came up in work and sent me over there. So I kind of grabbed it with both hands to be honest with you, and loved every minute of um, living in New York City. It's just you know, it's just you can be. You can be wherever you want over there and I just love the vibrant and the busyness of it all um, and I had a fantastic time and met some fantastic people and, um, you know, it's definitely a place I want to go back and live and work and I haven't quite um, scratched the itch of of, of of living there when I did so I'll definitely be back at some yeah. stage in the future.
0: Does it do a lot for your personal development?
1: A hundred percent, you know. I think, you know, growing up, um I was Hannah Looney, I was a footballer, as a comoge player. I was like, who am I outside of that? You know, that would have been um something that, you know, I'd struggle with. And I, I know from talking to other footballers, uh players, hurlers, that's something that we all kind of struggle with. You know, you're really good at what you do, but you know, why are you outside of it? Um so that was something that's always gonna kind of been on my mind that I that I worked through now and then. But I think going off to New York on my own um figuring all that out um, and just throwing myself in there and like figuring out that I'm so much more than a footballer and a comedy player, that I have so much more to offer. It was um, really, really eye-opening. And as you say, uh, i really, really good from a personal development perspective. Yeah. You know, and if opportunities come like that in the future, I'll definitely be taking them because, you know, it just did so much for me.
0: What's the day job?
1: Uh, I'm a chemical engineer.
0: Oh, very good. Okay, so I have no idea. I haven't the first notion about what that entails, but I'm sure it's very complicated, Anna. <laughs> uh,
1: it sounds worse than it is. Um, I'm working in the pharmaceutical industry at the moment, so, um, you know, I'd be passionate about um, new drug development and new drug research, so that's kind of the space I work in.
0: Very good, Hannah. Well, the best luck with the Camogie and the football teams this year. Thanks for speaking to Off the Ball Saturday and I look forward to chatting again.
1: Thanks so much, John. Um, enjoy your weekend.